0: Maria Garetti was about 12 years old, uh, though she was physically mature uh, when this event took place. She had recently received her first communion. She was mending a shirt back at the house. Uh, she thought she was alone in the house. And when suddenly uh, 20-year-old Alessandro came into the house, he grabbed her and he demanded that she give Herself to him. She refused. She told him no. She screamed at him, God does not wish this. You'll go to hell. It is a sin. He was very angry at her for refusing him. And so he grabbed this kind of blunt dagger-like farm tool and he began thrusting it into her over and over again. Fourteen times. And uh, Maria would die within 24 hours of that taking place. When someone harms you deeply, painfully, how do you respond? Is that forgivable? You know, our Lord said in the gospel today from Matthew 18, if your brother forgives you, don't forgive once or twice or four times, 10 times, 20 times, even in a single day he says. But forgive him 70 times 7, meaning basically an innumerable amount of times. Continue to forgive him. So, but a lot of folks struggle with this, and I think part of it's because of misunderstanding. You know, does this mean that when someone, someone could just simply take advantage of you and cause you harm again and again and again and just get a free ride? What if you're dealing with somebody that?" You know, uh, is abusive or has alcohol issues or bad, you know, money issues. Does does this forgiveness mean that you just have to forgive and everything's free? The person can just kind of freely use you and abuse you? I would say no. And this is one of the things we learn in this parable. That forgiveness comes with requirements. Forgiveness comes with conditions. So in this parable that Jesus told, the master forgave this servant a great debt, but it came with a requirement. It came with an expectation. And that expectation is that he, that servant, would exercise that same sort of forgiveness toward others, toward his fellow servant. And when he didn't, there was dire consequences. Forgiveness comes with consequences, with requirements, with conditions. It's not a free ride. It doesn't mean that a person gets off free. It does mean that, that the relationship is still intact. It might be wounded, but it's still intact. You know, To not forgive somebody means to cut them off completely. right? So, but even when forgiveness is in place, the relationship is still there, you're still talking, uh, there's still consequences. There's still Retributions, things that need to be worked through. You know, we have some examples, you know, even beyond this parable here. We have Miriam in the Old Testament. She began to foment rebellion against her brother, Moses, who got in place in charge of his people. And because of this, God struck Miriam with leprosy. She had a leprous outbreak on her forehead. And this terrified her brother, Moses, and Moses went to God and he begged for her. He said, God, I forgive her. Please, you know, heal her. She's got this, this terrible disease. And God responded by saying, I hear you. She's forgiven. However, she still needs to suffer with this leprosy for a time. And so he required her to suffer from that leprosy for the next seven days. Another So forgiveness was in place, but there was still consequences, things that needed to be worked through. Another example. Zacchaeus, the short little guy that climbed up the tree to see Jesus, he was approached by Jesus and Jesus told him, hey, I'm coming to your house. Uh, he felt incredibly welcome. His heart was touched by our Lord who's coming into his life in this amazing way. So much so that Zacchaeus said, Lord, if I have defrauded anybody, I'm going to pay him back four times. And I'm going to give a whole bunch of money to the poor too on top of this. Because of all the things that I've done. And so what does Jesus say? Ah, Zacchaeus, don't worry about it. I've forgiven you. I'm coming to your house after all. You don't need to do all those things. No, that's not what Jesus says. In fact, the scripture says that our Lord rejoiced because of what Zacchaeus was doing in paying back those people that he had defrauded. Yes, there's forgiveness, but there's conditions. There's things that still need to be worked through reparations, repairs that need to take place. This is the teaching of the Scripture again and again and again. This means that if you have, you know, someone who's taking advantage of you, maybe a husband who drinks, a wife who goes and spends money like crazy, or, or who knows whatever else, some sort of abuse, uh, do you just let this happen? You know, is it charitable? Is it really truly loving to allow someone to mistreat you again and again and again and for there not to be any consequences? No, of course not. That's not what's taught by that's not what's meant by forgiveness. That's not what's taught in the scripture. It's conditional. Pope John Paul II, Saint John Paul II wrote in a letter, it's called Divis uh, Divis Misericordiae. He says the requirements of forgiveness does not cancel out the objective requirements of justice in no passage of the gospel meaning nowhere in the scriptures. Uh, Does forgiveness or mercy as its source mean indulgence toward evil, toward scandal, toward injury, or insult? In any case, reparation for evil and scandal, compensation for injury, and satisfaction for insult are conditions for forgiveness. Forgiveness comes with conditions. It's not a free ride. This is where the church gets its understanding of purgatory. You know, you die as a forgiven sinner before the Lord, but you haven't really worked through all those things that you've done. The Lord in his grace and his mercy allows this purgation, this purification, allowing you to work through some of these things after you die. That's where that comes from, from our understanding of forgiveness. That's not a free ride. Forgiveness heals the relationship, or at least begins to heal it, but there are still some things to work through. So this is what our Lord is talking about. In his teaching on forgiveness, when you have to forgive seven times seventy, you know, or the the servant who comes and gets forgiven by his master, he's expected to also exercise forgiveness toward others to work these things out, uh, to make reparation in his own life. Forgiveness is conditional. So you might be sitting there thinking, okay, that makes sense. You know, logically I understand it, intellectually I get that, but but I, I've been through some really hard things. I've been through some really painful things. Deeply wounding things. I'm having a tough time. You know, how, how do I how do I work through these things? How do I deal with these things? Well, it helps if you begin by realizing your own sinfulness. If you look at your own sinfulness, it's much easier to forgive others. This is what that parable was about that Jesus told. You know, this first sinner or this first debtor had a huge debt that he was forgiven. And so in turn, he was expected to forgive these small deaths of others. So God has forgiven us this huge amount in our own lives. So in turn, we can forgive these other smaller things that have been committed against us if we keep things in perspective. I went on a retreat once, uh, an eight-day Ignatian retreat. One of the spiritual exercises was to meditate on your sins. So I spent a few hours with a pencil and a paper, and I wrote down every single sin that I ever did in my whole life that I could think of. Uh, And I remember it being this painful (laughs) exercise. It was like grating on my soul. It was like, I really did all that stuff? (laughs) <laughs> you know, to kind of like see it bluntly in front of you on that piece of paper. I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty bad dude, you know? Like, I don't, I don't normally think of myself in that way. I kind of think of myself as a pretty, you know, well-to-do guy. And, uh, but I'm not, you know, making a huge list of all of my sins. It just struck me. It was incredibly humbling. It was incredibly sobering. And really put things in, into perspective for me. Uh, some people, they'll, they'll do a lifetime confession every now and again. They'll call up the priest, say, hey, I'd like to make a lifetime confession just to kind of go through all the sins I've ever done. Uh, it, it just as an exercise, you know. Uh, this is why the, the beauty of, of confession, of frequent confession, just remembering your sins, remembering your sins before the Lord, uh, it really puts things in perspective and makes it much easier to forgive those offenses, those things that have been done against you. This is what uh, St. John Vianney, that great French uh, pastor, said. He says, the saints have no hatred, no bitterness. They forgive everything and think they deserve much more for their offenses against God. They remember their sins and say, hey, these other things are, much, are pretty easy to, uh, to forgive. So that's the first thing I'd kind of recommend if you're having a hard time forgiving is to think about your own sins and how, how big and bad and numerous they are, makes it much easier to forgive others. And then turn to the example of the saints. This is the second thing I'd recommend. The saints give these beautiful, wonderful examples of forgiveness in their lives. There was, for example, St. Philip of Zell. He's a hermit. Uh, You know, got alone, prayed, spent time with the Lord. Had these two thieves that stole his oxen. And he lived in the other side of these woods. So they were taking these oxen through the woods. In the middle of the night, somehow or another, they got lost, got turned around, and they managed to get out of the woods. But lo and behold, they were right back at the hermitage again as morning was breaking. And St. Philip of Zell was coming out just of his hut as they were coming out of the woods. You know, of course, their stomachs drop. Here they were trying to steal his oxen. They're right back at his doorstep. But he forgave them, he welcomed them, he fed them, and then sent them on their way. Great example. St. Ignatius of Loyola, uh, the saint that really teaches us a lot about discernment, lived about 500 years ago. He once walked 100 miles in the winter to assist a man who'd fallen ill, the same guy who'd only, a few weeks before, had stolen what meager little savings that St. Ignatius had collected. A beautiful example of, of forgiveness. There was also St. Uh, Ubald, the Bishop of Gubbio. This is back in the 12th century over in Italy. And uh, the bishop was seeing some of the workmen who were working on one of the city walls, which was right next to a vineyard that he owned. And they were kind of causing harm to some of his vines. And so he just kind of gently went over to one of the workmen and said, hey, if you can be careful, that's, that's one of my vines there. You know, I want it to be damaged I don't know, the workman apparently was having a pretty rough day. He like whipped around and he shoves the bishop. And the bishop stumbles back into this uh, wet mortar that the workman had been using, falls into this mortar. He's all dirty, this, this lime and, you know, stuff all over him. He gets up, he doesn't say anything. He walks into his house He gets cleaned up. In the meantime, the villagers, who had seen what happened, they grab this workman and they haul him off to the city authorities, to the magistrates. They're horrified at what he's just done to the bishop. And they're demanding of the magistrates, you know, the the worst possible punishment for what this guy has done. Fortunately for this workman, the bishop had gotten cleaned up by then and he'd walked... To the town square, the center there, and he says, "Hey, it's okay. You know, it's I just, you know, I got a little dirty. Um, don't don't worry about it. Let him go. I think you know it'll be all right in this situation. Uh, beautiful example of forgiveness. Yes, that guy's got some things he's got to work through between him and the Lord, and probably him and the bishop. But still, this wonderful example of forgiveness. You know, you're not uh, we're required to be open." Like the saints are, being willing to forgive those offenses uh, that are against us. The saints give us a beautiful example looking at your own sins. Great way to grow in humility and to be able to exercise that forgiveness, even when it's hard, even when you're struggling. Two things that I would recommend forgiveness is conditional, it's not a free ride. It's tough, it's hard, but it helps if you realize your own sinfulness. If you look to the example of the saints, um, Maria, the who I started the homily with, you know, she died after being stabbed, uh, being at the hospital, but not before she forgave Alessandro for doing this to her. To her, she forgave him. Alessandro, on the other hand, was not sorry. He was angry, and surely he got stuck in prison for a good long time. Uh, Just mad about the whole thing, mad about his life, just mad about everything. However, about eight years uh, of being imprisoned, he had this vision where Maria appeared to him in a dream, and she gave to him 14 lilies, the same number of stab wounds that she had experienced. He, after that vision, he was something changed within him. Uh, uh, this this repentance, this uh, you know, this contrition that came about him. From then on, he was a model prisoner. He's able to get out a little early, not much, but a little early. And one of the things that he did soon after getting out of prison was to go to Maria's mother to apologize to her, to go to Asunta, and to apologize to Asunta for murdering her daughter. Now, Asunta had lost not only her oldest daughter because of this incident, but she'd also lost her four other children. She was a single mom with five children. Maria helped with the kids. The only way for her to survive after Maria was killed was to foster out, to adopt out the other kids, so she could work to be able to care in some way for herself and for, you know, and uh, so this is a painful thing. So here is Alessandra at her doorstep asking for her forgiveness. And she said to him, he told her the story about, you know, Maria appearing to him and everything, and she said, if Maria has forgiven you, then how can I not forgive you. She forgave him. Assunta forgave Alessandro. And even went beyond that, she adopted him as her son. 50 years later, at the canonization ceremony for St. Maria Goretti, there in St. Peter's Square was Assunta, and beside her was Alessandro. Alessandro. Uh, at this canonization ceremony. This was the largest ever gathering to date at St. Peter's Square for a canonization. It was the forgiving example of St. Maria Goretti. It was so inspirational to so many people. The story of forgiveness. Uh, may you may and I exercise this same forgiveness in our lives, that God may be glorified. Amen.